Happy Monday, Kingdom Mamas. Welcome to week two of our series, Launched. And this week, I am talking with moms who have already launched their children out of the nest. (laughs) They have launched some of them. Some of them are still in the nest. Some are out. Welcome, Wendy. Welcome, Kelly. I'm so glad you're here. Thank you for having us. Yes, (laughs) ma'am. All right, Kingdom Mamas, can you tell us uh, about yourself, about your family, ages, stages, all the things? We're going to start with Wendy because she is the first on my screen. (laughs) Wendy, tell us about yourself. Hi, uh, my name is Wendy Boots, and I am married to Mark, and we have two girls. The oldest is Kennedy, and she's 19, and she's a junior at Georgetown University, or sorry, Georgetown College. And uh, we have a 12-year-old, Peyton. Okay, awesome. And we love Kennedy and we love Peyton. Amazing girls that you have uh, raised and definitely a light in our community. Kelly, you're next. Okay, my name is Kelly Cooper and I am married to a basketball coach. Uh, We've been together for 27 years. It's insane. Um, Our oldest is 24. And he is a videographer. He did one semester of college and decided to branch off, open his own business and take off to Florida. So um, our baby is 18. He will soon be 19. And he's a senior at Garrett County High School. And I love that. I love that, Kelly, that, okay, we tried college. It wasn't for your oldest. So he said, okay, I'm going to pivot and I'm going to find the thing that I love. And he's done some amazing videography, right? He's been like all over the world. He has. And he had a full ride for a business scholarship and didn't pay even for his books. And then he walked away after one semester. And at first we're like, oh my gosh, what are you doing? But he is traveling the world. He's doing big things. And so, you know, it's not for everybody and you have to kind of find your way. So we're really proud of him. I love that. Proud of both of our boys, but you know. Yeah. I think there's a lot of pressure to know what you want to be right out of the box. And we're going Mm -hmm. through that with our oldest. He's like, I'm 17. I don't know. Mm -hmm. And so it's okay. It's okay to pivot. It's okay to change lanes and and do what's best for you, right? And listen to the Holy Spirit and his prompting. The cool thing about Wendy and Kelly is that they have athletic experience on top of the college experience, both of them. So they might be able to give us some little words of wisdom with regards to recruiting too. I know it's kind of different for each sport. Wendy has Kennedy, who is a cheerleader and and Kelly has Ethan, who is a basketball player. So can you all speak to um, just a moment about the recruiting process as far as what that looks like for you? You want um, Wendy sure. to and so, go ahead, Kelly. Um, I mean, Wendy. Sorry, <laughs> that's okay. Um, the the recruiting process for cheerleading is is very different than I can imagine the other sport. Um, it is only recognized as a true sport by the NAIA. So, oh. if you want to go to college on a scholarship um, of any you know large amount you'll have to cheer for an NAIA school. Mm-hmm. Um, and in Kentucky, we're very fortunate. We have quite a few and there's several in this in this area, even in the other states surrounding, um, whereas some of the other states don't have as many. So it worked out for us. We visited several colleges. She wasn't sure that she wanted to be a cheerleader in college to continue on. She kind of wanted to, but you know, she was nervous about it. Um, but we visited several colleges and uh, she had two offers to cheer and she chose to go with Georgetown. I didn't know that about cheer, Wendy. Mm-hmm. I, I know it's, it's odd, isn't it? Most people see big schools like um, University of Kentucky and they see their cheerleaders and as hard as they work, one would think that they get really large scholarships, but they really don't. And so if you want to go somewhere that it's recognized as a sport and therefore they can give a scholarship specifically for the sport. Um, NAI is where you want to go for cheer. Wow. Okay. Good to know, because I know we do have a lot of cheer moms that do listen in. So that is, that is very helpful. Okay. Kelly, the basketball practice, what is our process? What does that look like? 
Oh my gosh. Well, I'm not exactly <laughs> sure what it looked like before this year, but uh, with the COVID fifth year, I know it's been really difficult uh, for a lot of college athletes or a lot of high school kids pursuing college athletics. Um, I think basketball is probably just, I think it's more difficult anyway, just because there's only five on the floor, you know? And so where a football team may have several teams and several, you know, players, uh, basketball is, is not as fortunate. And so it's just kind of a dog eat dog world right now. You know, um, Ethan's very fortunate that he uh, does do a lot of his own marketing and he, you know, he talks very well for his age. And so he's communicating with coaches, sometimes 30 coaches a day. I mean, it's after a ball game, it's insane. It's really difficult and it's, it's exhausting. And it's also, um, time consuming. Um, it's, it's confusing, but it's been a good learning process too. And like I said, you know, earlier, um, it's helped him really just to be, I think, prepared for, uh, to be better spoken, you know, and, um, and it's just, it's a lot. Um, it, I think a lot of the coaches, are kind of scared too, in a sense that they're trying to pull from the portal and they don't really know what the college kids are going to do, if they're going to transfer or not. So we had to wait for like, you know, the, the tournaments to get over to see what, what students were going to be moving and what players were going to be moving and where to. And so a lot of like the D1 coaches that talked to him were kind of putting him on hold because their first avenue is to pull from the portal. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, he started out with a lot of D3 offers because he's also ranked really high academically. Mm-hmm. Um, and he kind of just wanted to wait around and see what else was out there because D3 is very expensive, you know, mm-hmm. and they're Ivy League schools, but they cost a lot of money too. And he did get a lot of scholarship offers for D3s. And then he started to get some NAIAs and then some uh, JUCOs. And then now he's got into the D2s. Um, he still has two D1s that are kind of on the fence. But again, they're waiting for this portal thing to go through. So it's been a lot of back and forth. And, you know, he's had to tell a lot of coaches and teams this week, especially, uh, that he appreciates the offer, but he's he's not picking their school. And I think that's kind of hard too. You know, it's hard to hear and it's also hard to deliver. Right. And so we've got it narrowed down to about four schools right now. And I just see the stress that he's going through. And I just, I really hate it for him. I wish that it was an easier process, to be honest. Yeah. Well, we will be in prayer for him. That Thank that you. decision is very clear and that when he has to deliver that, no, thank you. <laughs> yeah. it's taken with open uh, ears. And yeah. well, it's truly a process that they, I mean, they talk, he has several coaches that talk to him on a daily basis. So they talk to him after every single game mm-hmm. and you really get to know people, you know, on that level. And, and they've all been great. You know, they, they, you know, several of them have said, you know what, we're going to keep up with you. We wish you all the best. And, right. but it's still really hard whenever, you know, they, they really want him to come to their school and he's just really torn because he is a money man and he's financially, he's not going to go in debt for a whole lot of stuff. Right. Um, whenever he could have went somewhere for free, you know? Right. Yeah. So. Wow. Yeah, definitely different um, and hard and hard for a young person to have to maneuver all of that, especially when people have invested in you, but yeah, it's a lot of emotions for sure. Yeah. But God is scary. I think it's scary for him too. I mean, you know, do you, do you go close to home or do you go far away? Uh And most of his offers are really far away. Yeah. So, I mean, his brother moved though a thousand miles away when he was 19. So I'm sure that Ethan can handle it too. (laughs) It's just, he's the baby. So you kind of hang on a little harder, I think. Yes, absolutely. All right, ladies. So what's one thing you wish you would have known going into the college application process? What's one thing that you wish that, you know, you would have known in advance prior to their senior year? Wendy, do you want to go first? Sure, sure. Um, I think one of the things that you you need to know, um, and as a as a high school parent, you know, they're a freshman, you don't think much about it, you know, school, they just got into high school, but by sophomore year, you really need to start putting applications out, visiting schools, especially if you're not going to go for a sport or something like that, where it kind of limits 
what your choices are. But like, if you want to get out and visit schools, you need to start early. Um, there are a lot of scholarships and a lot of paths that, you know, they, um, they want to see that you've taken certain classes. They want to see AP scores and all of that. And if you don't have those um, in your head and know what you've, you've got to do to get to the requirements that are going to be met, um, you know, you're, you're scrambling around your senior year and you, you don't know what to do. Um, thankfully, um, Kennedy's always had a 4.0 all the way through high school. So um, she did take some of those AP classes, but I feel like we got a little bit of a late start. Um, she started visiting schools with, um, with, with her high school in her sophomore year, but we didn't take the first trip to visit some of the schools that she had interest in until she was a junior. Um, and if you did have to add in some extra classes or, um, you know, you had to bring up some grades or things like that, you know, you wouldn't know that and you'd be into the senior year. And a lot of people don't realize you have to start really early. Absolutely. And I would agree because I feel like we weren't prepared for that for my senior who is currently a senior and now is considering a gap year for that reason, Wendy, is that we weren't, mm -hmm. we did not know in advance that we should be visiting schools and we needed to start the process early. We didn't do any of that. And now we're kind of stuck. <laughs> so hindsight. Right. And if you, you're trying to get in some of those um, really high dollar scholarships, um, you know, you have to get on that really early. A lot of those, you start applying in between the junior and senior year and so forth. I mean, there's just a lot to it that I feel like it would be really nice if we knew a little bit earlier in the game. Yes. So kingdom mamas and dads, <laughs> look into those things now. Look into the schools. Where would they like to be? And, and start making plans. So what would you say, Kelly, what's one thing that you wish you would have known? Well, so Ethan was valedictorian. He had a 4.8 GPA because he took all dual credit classes in AP. And so I just, in my brain, I thought, well, he's way smarter than me. He's going to go forward. <laughs> you know? And although he could go academically, um, you know, to certain programs and stuff, there's still, there's still a lot of money that is involved with college, you know, and a full ride is not necessarily a full ride. If you don't read the fine print, you know, they're counting your Pell Grants and things like that, that they're counting in with your stuff, but that's money that you have to pay back. So, you know, we have taken some, some days off from school more recently uh, to do some travel and to, uh, to go and visit schools, which he's been pulled out of. And they, they're allowed a few um, missed days for college visits. You know, you have to get the paperwork from the school. Um, but he is kind of slidden down. He's backslidden down. So now he has like a 4.3 GPA. And even that is not, I mean, it, they really, they've went a lot on the ACT score more so than the GPA. Um, they There's talk that pretty soon that's not going to be as big of a factor. But for right now, in the process that we're in, his GPA is great. His ACT is only a 23. But he only took it once. He doesn't do, he doesn't like test taking and all that. Um, you know, I, I think there's lots of kids who do a study program or whatever. And I would think the sooner that you got on that, the better if your child is cooperative in that, you know, he's just, he doesn't think it's that important because he wants to play basketball. <laughs> but I think another thing is, you know, having those open conversations early, like to ask the question, um, where do you see yourself waking up every day? Like, do you see yourself waking up? And then after you go to school and after your sports or whatever you do, do you, your leisure time, do you see yourself wanting to come home? Do you see yourself wanting to go to the beach? Do you see yourself, you know, being okay to live where it's really cold? You know, some of the places that we went and visited, one of the places that we went in Iowa, they have an underground tunnel um, to get from class to class because they have, you know, 10 foot of snow that you can't walk through on campus. And we're blown away by that. You know, we're like, what? And so it was really, it was really cool, but it was just something that we didn't know. And after we left there, Ethan shaking his head, like, I'm not dodging 10 foot of snow, you know, to get to class. He's like, that's out. Um, but, you know, he's also not, you know, he's, his brother's a beach baby, but he, he doesn't like a lot of heat either. So you have to ask those real questions of, have those real conversations of where do you see yourself? Do you want to go to 
a faith-based school where you, we get to have chapel once or twice a week, or, you know, do you just, what, what do you think is going to mold you to be who you want to be in 20 years from now and not just the here and now, you know? Oh, I love that. That's so good because I think oftentimes we just see the big shiny names and the big shiny titles and we don't consider like, okay, seasonal (laughs) affective disorder. (laughs) I was not where I want to be. For sure. And the dorm rooms too, you know, like, is it going to be, I mean, we went to one place in the dorm rooms, the the school was awesome, but the dorms were so, so small and you share with somebody else. And Ethan's kind of a person that he likes his own space. You know, he likes some downtime and he's like, I would suffocate in there. I'm like, well, I'm really glad we went to visit because it really sounds like he's being picky. He's not, we're just, we're looking at every single Avenue and that's things you maybe didn't think about was to look at what their overall campus life is going to look like and not just the sport or, you know, what you've chosen to go into as your major. Um, you know, there's a lot of factors that go into that. Absolutely. And I think they probably show you the best dorms. So if they're showing you they those do. dorms, what are, are what are the some, dorms? <laughs> there are some, I'm just like, oh my goodness, because, it, you know, it can be really depressing to stare at four walls that are teeny tiny with, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, in the, the atmosphere, you know, we, he had his best friend went to a big D2 school. And that's been a huge factor. Um, you know, their, their crime rate was, was just one of the highest in the whole entire United States. And he, he was there for three or four weeks and it was just really dangerous. Mm. And he decided to come home and that's been, that's weighed on Ethan's heart really strong, you know, um, early. And I, I hate that his friend had that experience, but it's good to talk to other people and get their insight too. Yeah. Absolutely. Their safety is, is so important. And, you know, in addition to that, I've heard of a lot of wokeness going on in universities as well. So that's, I feel like another thing to consider is, is the atmosphere and environment that they're in. Okay. So next question, what's been the most fulfilling part of seeing your baby go off to college? And we'll start with Wendy again. Okay. Well, um, the first answer is that, you know, she's, she's just flown. Like you work your whole life to raise your child till they're, you know, 18 years old or so. And, um, you, you know, you teach them to do things at home, but then when they go out on their own and they fly out of the nest, um, are they going to make it? And she did. And it just amazed me like little things, like she'll call me and she'll be like, I made my own doctor's appointment, you know, or right. I went and got my oil change today. I mean, she's adulting and she's adulting. Well, she's responsible. Right. She's thrifty. She's, I mean, it just amazes me that, um, the same kid that lived here at home and, you know, forgot to pick up her laundry is now, you know, the one who does the dishes in their apartment or, or buys the groceries. And I'm just really impressed to see how she's flown. And, um, I mean, that's just so rewarding to know that you did it, you did it right. You know? So those mamas who have little ones at home, I say that what you're doing matters, the changing of the diapers, the reading the books over and over again, the connection, the love, the, all the things that you're doing, it matters because when you're in this stage of, of just launching your child into reality, it, it's that foundational groundwork that you lay that's so important and allows them to, you know, fly the nest, like Wendy said. So well done, mama. Well done. Well, let's add to that. So <laughs> number two. Year old. <laughs> yes. So I have a 12 year old as well, and uh, we're not so flown. And you have to remember, you know, they have to learn through all of those steps. So as challenging as it may be, when it's their time, they'll get it because you raised them correctly. And, you know, it says in Proverbs that you raise a child in the way that they should go and they won't depart from it. And when you're 12, you depart from it some because you're learning. But then when you're a grown up, it all comes back and it is rewarding. And I have to keep that in mind because <laughs> middle school is hard. It is. It is. Every age and every stage is different. And yeah, no, she'll get there. 
All right, Kelly, what would you say the most fulfilling part of seeing your baby go off to college or almost off to college with in with Ethan's situation? I have just been really impressed with Ethan as far as uh, becoming more verbal mm-hmm. and just his communication skills stepping up. You know, I remember last year he was helping his dad build porches in the summer. And he asked the question of like, well, can I just go to college and build porches? And I'm like, well, yeah, but why, why are you asking me that? He said, because you don't have to use your brain. You just, it's like hammer and nail, hammer and nail. And he was like, he's not like a real people. Like, you know, I'll talk to anybody and, and I'm, I love people. I love to be out into the world. And he's just kind of like a no nonsense, very concrete. Like he's a math brain. He doesn't do any of the extra stuff. And so I thought, oh, gosh, we're going to be in trouble because you have to learn communication in order to do anything really in life. And he is just he's just blossomed overnight um, to hear him have some of the business conversations that he has with coaches and the questions that they ask and things like he's just really grown a lot, you know, is through this process. But then as far as Austin, um, you know, I used to tell my clients all the time, don't do for or tell my clients mothers that I worked with with teenagers. But don't do for them what they can do for themselves because you rob them of their self-esteem, you know? And I, of course I can do the dishes better because I have a lot of experience and practice or whatever. But if I have them to rise to the occasion and, you know, do it, even if it's not my way, then they're going to learn, you know, stronger and, and they're going to be confident that whatever they do, that they can do it on their own. And so I think give it like learning to let go a little bit at a time because I never in a million years dreamed that Austin, you know, he went to Somerset Community College for one semester. And I really thought we'd have four years with him or that even longer than that, you know, because he's such a homebody. But he went for one semester and then up and moved to Florida overnight. And it was extremely difficult for me. I felt like we had him really young and we went straight from high school to to college, to grad school, to our careers. And then it was over. And I thought, wait a second, I'm not I'm not done yet. You know, right. I, I really went through a lot of emotions. I mean, I and I resigned from all three of my positions his senior year because it, it hit me that hard. I listened to a sermon by um, Pastor Trevor at the Creek and it was called Count Your Marbles. And it was basically if we had this amount of marbles in our jar and each each year went by, we took one out. And we saw how many we had left. How would we live our lives? And it, it literally smacked me across the face. I went through a whole lot of emotions and I just thought I spent so much time taking care of everybody else's kids and God gives you your family as your first mission. Mm-hmm. And I just, I peeled everything away and I decided in that moment that I wasn't missing anything. I wasn't missing another ball game for a meeting or for, you know, a crisis call or any of the things. And um, Ethan's life has been a lot different, you know, than Austin's. Um, I haven't had to miss anything, you know. And I know not all moms are as fortunate to be able to do that. I know you have to work and do what you have to do for your kids. But, you know, Austin, Austin, it was all God's plan. And I just feel like looking back now, I mean, he's he has traveled the world and he's been to Africa and he's wanting to help raise money to put in a well for kids who don't have drinking water. Like he, the things that used to tell him, well, you're going to eat all that because there's kids starving to death in Africa. Well, he's seen that in real life, you know? Yes. And it, and it's just, it's amazing to watch your kids adult and start their own business. I mean, 17 years old when he started his own business and, you know, he's flown all over the place globally, you know, and you just, you think that they're going to struggle because they don't know how to make a, a grilled cheese in the right way that you do. Right, exactly. <laughs> and then before you know it, they're on a private jet flying to Catalina with people that they networked through on Instagram or, you know, doing a destination wedding in Arizona. And you're just like, gosh, dude, you're living the life. Like, don't mind me over here with my, you know, my ideas of what a job would look like in a box. You just go be big, you know? Right. Yeah. I think we need to get out of the way along a lot of the times, right? (laughs) Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. Surrender. It's an everyday thing. One day, Parker, his laundry was just, it was all over the place. And I was like, okay, Parker, like, this is enough. Like, I'll just do it. And he said, no, mom. He said, if you do it, that tells me that I can't. And I was like, oh, that was like a dagger in the heart. Like, okay, Mm -hmm. step back. Like, he's got this. So yeah, definitely. I love that. 17. 
just starting his own business, little entrepreneur. And he's really good at it. Like he's <laughs> really good at it. <laughs> he is so good at it. He got home two days ago. So I'm talking louder where he can hear me. He's been, he's been gone for a month and a half, but uh-huh. he's been kind of here and there and everywhere. So, right. God is within them and he has a plan and a purpose for them. And sometimes we get in the way of that. So yeah, that's just a good reminder. Of- well, we try to protect them. You know, we're just trying to protect them and we want them to have more than we did or, you know, yeah. yeah. But yeah, I think sometimes we, we let fear take hold too of like, mm-hmm. what if, and there's a better way and blah, blah, blah. No, yeah. there's anyway. Okay. On to the next. So what has been the hardest thing you're about your baby being away? Wendy. Oh, the heartbreak. Um, honestly, building up to the moment where we said our last goodbyes at college at the dorm, the very first year, you know, um, you thought like your heart was going to leave your chest and you're going to leave them there and you'd never see them. Or if you did, it would just be terrible. Um, and that feeling is still there. You know, you learn, you learn to do things without them. Um, it's, it's hard that you, when you have a kid still at home and in on the school calendar, you know, you can't take your family vacations in spring and you can't take them at the fall break. You know, you try to take them together in the summer. <laughs> so not having them there for your family time is hard. Um, missing their milestones, things that they do at college, you know, um, when they, she joined the sorority, you know, it, it wasn't like you could be present. You don't get to know all their friends. You don't get to know all the details of their life. And Right. And while that's part of growing up and that's awesome because she's making all that stuff without your help. I mean, it's still, it's really hard as a mom to, when you're really, really close to your kids, you know, that they go and they, they do things without you. Like they're not supposed to do things without us. Right. <laughs> they're supposed to miss us just as much. And she does. But, um, you know, I'm as much as it hurts, like I know that's what we, that's why we were given the gift of the first, you know, 17 and a half years of her life mm-hmm. with her at home, that's a gift to us. I mean, she wasn't the gift. The time spent was the gift. Our job was to raise her to be productive. And we've done that, but it, you know, it's still, it's staying some when you miss things. Absolutely. And I have to yeah. add that both of your families, Wendy and Kelly, that you're very tight knit family. You do everything together. So I, I think uh, there's never been a moment, Wendy and Kelly, that I haven't seen you guys together. Like, it, so when they do leave the nest, that's just really, really hard. And I remember you, Wendy, when Kennedy went away, I saw you at church and I was like, so how are you? And you're like, actually, I'm really good. Like you were at peace as hard as it was. You had a peace about you. And that was really yeah, beautiful to see. All right, Kelly, what's been the hardest thing for you to see Austin? My hardest day was, um, you know, his dad couldn't go with us because he's a teacher. So he was in class and didn't have, couldn't take off. So we drove to Florida and I'm not, I mean, I'm directionally challenged. I'll just, let's just keep her. CPS is where it's at. Yeah. And, but I'm trying to be big, you know, I'm trying to be the mom and like, you know, do the things and, you know, he drove and I was proud of him for being, you know, 19 years old and driving all the way to Florida. And, you know, we went um, apartment shopping. And so that was really great. But I felt like I was kind of having to be a big girl, too, because I, I didn't realize how much I had leaned on my husband all these years. You know, we've been together since we're 16 years old. And I ju- you just become really reliant on your strong man. You know, he's he's always taking care of me. Praise Jesus. But I had to do I had to not pretend to be the big mom, but to like step up my game a little bit. Mm-hmm. And we looked for apartments and we did all the things. And then, um, whenever I left him there and he dropped me off at the airport, you know, I kissed him goodbye and I had to get on the plane by myself and yeah. I literally bawled. I mean, I bawled the whole way home. It was just like, I'm leaving my 19 year old child in West Palm beach, Florida, you know, mm-hmm. and I don't know what, is what the future is going to hold for him. I just, you know, it was, it was difficult and it was right before COVID. And then of course, you know, him, him being over there during COVID, 
know, we lost three people that we love and it was a very, a, a really hard time for our family. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know every day. It's like, I was wanting to talk to him because I didn't know if he, if he was sick, if he would go to the doctor, you know, all the things, but he lived, he survived. He, he, he does well. Um, now my biggest thing is he is such a jump in and go. Um, he's not as mindful of his surroundings, maybe as his brother, but he's swimming with sharks. I mean, his job requires a lot of outdoorsy riding motorcycles, you know, driving Ferraris, spinning around, making videos for fast <laughs> things. I'm like, and now I'm just like on his Instagram post. I'm like, uh, please just stay alive today. <laughs> he's like, he's just has no fear of anything. And so for him, it's, it's a little different probably than with Ethan. Um, I think Ethan's is going to be different because uh, he plays every sport coming and going. Our schedule has just been cram packed full. Ethan comes with 10 or more friends at all times. So we don't just have him here. We have 10 of his friends and then nothing like, I don't know what that's going to be like, you know, to just go from mama coop every day, like, well, you got to eat, you know, we've got snacks for days, you know, <laughs> and, our, and we live in town. So it's a revolving door. Mm-hmm. And then to go from so so much to just us it's gonna be I mean I love my husband and and I guess it'll be our opportunity to to finally get to date each other because we kind of did everything a little backwards we were only 17 when we had Austin um so we we really had to uh to you know just rush through I think the this life um, so we went on a cruise, just a me and him empty nester cruise last week. And it was great. <laughs> oh, yes, I do love this man. I remember so, when I married you. I do feel like it's going to be an adventure to say the least. It's going to be fun. It's going to be great. It's going to be different. You know, it'll just be, it'll be different. Yeah. New stages. and Yeah. And him and Ethan are best friends. So if they want to go watch the entire 12th region, you know, or the entire state tournament, basketball, whatever, then they have each other to go and do that with. And I have a really, I have a really bad feeling that my husband's going to be like, Hey babe, do you want to go for an entire week and go watch every single basketball game in the whole entire state of Kentucky? And I'm going to have to be like, I love you, but no. I love you. Do you <laughs> want to go to a Mary Kay conference? Let's go. I'm like, you're <laughs> going to have to find a new best friend because I know he's going to, he's going to miss Ethan terribly. I mean, they're just so close and they do everything together. I mean, he's his coach. And, and Ethan, he's a coach of all three sports. So he coaches three sports and Ethan plays all three. And uh, it's going to be very different for him. I think he's, I think I struggled more so with Austin because he's the first and there's just something about that mother son. Like we were so young, had to figure things out. And, um, and then Ethan, I don't know. I, I don't know. It's going to be rough. <laughs> Revisit this. Okay. I don't want <laughs> to be continued. To be continued. It's going to be good though. I keep telling my husband, it's going to be good. You know, it's just going to be different. Yes, absolutely. All right, Wendy, what piece of advice would you give to parents who have upcoming seniors? So probably bouncing off what Kelly said earlier about, um, you know, taking time away from the, the things that you think are important um, and focusing on your, your time with your kid. Um, that last, that last year goes by so fast. Mm-hmm. So where you have an opportunity to put other things away and go and be there, be present. Yeah. Um, because like, you know, there's just so many first of the last, you know, and, mm-hmm. and it's not the last, but you know, it'll be the last time they, you know, they're at their home football field or their, you know, basketball court or they're cheering on the sideline or mm-hmm. just take that time and enjoy that time together because you're going to have all kinds of memories there and it's totally worth it. Yes, absolutely. How about you, Kelly? Well, just like what she said, I think as a young mom, if I was listening to this podcast, I would be, you know, changing diapers, just exhausted, like, oh my gosh, we'll get to the next stage, get to the next stage, get to the next right. stage. And then you really just blink and it, it just happens. I mean, it just, it literally just, you, you just can't even, I can't even begin to tell you how it gets a hold of you. So I'll tell everybody that everyone prepares you for the first, but nobody really prepares you for the last. Yeah. So be mindful of that. And, you know, you hold your children's hands when they're little but you hold their hearts when they're older and, you know, they go through their first little breakup or they go through a friend, you know, who 
uh, maybe, you know, I guess they feel betrayed by or whatever. Like they just go through a lot of emotions in middle school and high school. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you are, you are not in a rat race, but you are like getting to the next step of not, not crying and not, you know, being fed and being content and then not having diapers and then getting in school and then getting on a routine and then middle school drama and then high school comes and you literally blink and it is so and I don't want to say over because I I think that watching your kids adult is really really a great thing you know and it's 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 been awesome just that you stand back and admire what God has allowed you to be a part of, you know, because they're God's children. They're not our children. I mean, they're, they're our first mission and Mm -hmm. it's our responsibility to guide them, not control them, not make the decisions for them, not try to make them be who we think or wish we would have been or whatever, but to, to really find their gifts and talents early Mm -hmm. and be able to explore that a little more. You know, I mean, nobody was given a handbook and we don't know anything other than sports. My husband played college basketball. I played college softball. And so we just assumed our kids would be really sporty. And, you know, both of our kids are very sporty, but something that we didn't realize with Austin, which I wish we would have realized younger, is that he's just so creative. Like he's just a brilliant, brilliant mind. And it's he's it's we could have explored that a little more, you know, and now that he's adulting, he's picking up a guitar and he's you know, he's very artsy and he reads a lot and he's just a different human than he was when he lived in this house, you know, mm-hmm. and it, it's really cool to see who they turn into. But I also think, well, what if we'd have bought him a guitar sooner or what if we would have, you know what I mean? But your kids are just going to be different than you. And that's that's great. You know, it's what makes the world go round that we're all we're all different and we all have different gifts that God gave us. And I think knowing that early on, um, you just, you know, you could, I guess, um, inspire them more in different ways. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Wendy, what piece of advice would you give to parents who have a senior that's graduating in less than a month? So this is not my own wisdom. Um, I had a very good friend and we were getting ready for the board meeting at work and, um, she's, she's older than me. Her children are in a different stage of life, but she's been there. And um, she asked me how I was going to, or how I was handling it. And uh, I, I broke down in tears right before we were getting into a very important meeting. And she held my hand and she said, you're not going to believe this, but there's going to be a day when they come home and you're, and you're okay with them being there. You're happy to see them, but you're also okay with them leaving. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I didn't, I didn't agree with it at the moment. Right. And then she said, just remember, <laughs> she said, just remember that your job was to raise them, to get them to this point. And then their job is to be, you know, successful humans after that. And if you've done your job, then they'll come back and you'll be happy about it. Mm-hmm. And um, I don't know. It's just like sometimes when somebody like just really connects with you and lets you know it from their heart, like, I know I've been there and it was really hard. Mm-hmm. but this is what it's supposed to be like. And so my advice to people that have a child that's moving away, make sure that, make sure that you've, you've taught them all along. And if you have, then just have peace in it and pray for them and, um, you know, talk to them, keep the conversations open. There's going to be a lot of hard things that they're going to go through and face. Um, there's going to be mistakes that they're going to make, um, you know, just, keep praying with them and keep guiding them. Um, They're still going to need you, even if you're not in the same room as them or in the same city, the same state, it doesn't matter. Just don't stop that conversation with them because even though they're adults now, they still need you and you, and you still have that ability to guide them and help them through it. Yeah. So good. Yeah. I have a hard time thinking of the day when I will be glad that they're gone. (laughs) Yeah. But that is, it really does happen. And I didn't believe it either, but you know, when they come in, it's almost like they're guests again and you go, okay, well, would you like to go out to eat? What meal would you like me to cook? I mean, we don't do that normally when they're here. Right. But so as much as you love them there, you're just like, when they go back, you're like, Oh, good. We can just (laughs) have a pizza for dinner, you know? Right. (laughs) But 
<laughs> yeah, and it's it's just weird how it does change, and and that's okay too because you do have to learn, like Kelly said, learn to go on dates with your husband again, and or have that one on one time with the second child who didn't ever get to be the alone child. You know, there's there's things that there are blessings hidden in all of that that you just don't see because your heart hurts, but that's yeah. okay because you'll get there. Yeah. So good. All right, Kelly, what would you say? Well, I'm taking notes from Wendy because, you know, <laughs> what, what would you tell a mom who's a senior right now? I was thinking, um, go and take your, your, um, cap and gown out of the bag. So they're not wrinkled on the day of, because I'm thinking, I, keep telling <laughs> yes! myself, I really need to do that. Go spray it down real quick with some spray. So that it's, yes. it's, it's out of the bag. Cause I haven't done that yet. So that's, that's the kind of notes I was thinking, you know, um, but I, I think, I think a lot of things, I think that with eat with Austin, something I wasn't prepared for is although we were hurting too and trying to keep it together, don't forget about the other kids mm-hmm. because I remember Ethan just breaking down, which he had transitions too. He was also tr- transitioning to a different school mm-hmm. and having to make new friends and then COVID scared him to death and he was virtual and all the things. But I remember him just having a complete meltdown and he was like, I was like, what is wrong with you? You know, like, what's going on? And he was like, it's just so much pressure. It's just so much pressure with Bub not being here. And I'm like, how is it so much pressure? And he's like, well, he just always balanced things out. Like, and I'm like, dude, it's not like you got your tours and all of his too. You know, I mean, how much <laughs> balance are you talking? You know, but he just, I think it was like, you know, if, if mom or dad don't know the answer, he could always go ask Bub or, you know, if he needed somebody to ride in the car with him to go, you know, get an oil change or whatever, like he could just go ask Bub or, and he would go to his room and he wouldn't be in there. And then he'd walk out like, Oh yeah. I mean, it's heartbreaking really. Just to, to resort back to remembering those things because they miss them just as much as we do. And especially if you have one that's middle school or, you know, pre-high school and, um, I didn't, I just didn't think about that. And, you know, you'd be mindful of the other kids that are home. They, 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 they don't know how, they don't know what it's like to be the oldest or to be the only child or whatever, because they've never had to be. Right. So that's one thing to be mindful of. And then also, you know, just, I know that I'm a Mary Kay girl, but prior to Mary Kay, I'm also a licensed therapist. And one of the things that I used to talk with my clients and parents about is even if your kid is like, get out of here. I'm trying to go to sleep, you know, all the drama of a nighttime or whatever. They really do want you to come in there. You know, they really do want that last little pray with me before I go to bed. Even if they want to act like they don't, they've turned over the opposite direction. They're like, whatever, hurry up, you know, or, you know, (laughs) but I, I, when I got to where, um, you know, if I missed a night, then Ethan's standing at the top of the stairs, like, I'm going to bed. And we're like, okay, you know, and he's like, are you coming? (laughs) (laughs) Like, you know, like, well, are you going to come down there? Don't wait until I'm almost asleep. Like if you're coming, just go ahead and come on, you know, like, and so then he's like directing me what to do. So I think kids really just, they want to be heard, you know, and at the end of the day, they want to, you know, I have one Austin who will lay down and be like, and, uh, and today at lunch, you know, this one did this and this one did that and this one did that and the, the whole entire day, you know, you're exhausted right. by the time you leave his room, you know, yeah. and then you go to Ethan's room and it's like, you barely get anything. You have mm-hmm. to drag it out, you know, but then whenever you get into the heart of not just now, I lay me down to sleep, but, you know, father God, you know, um, just protect my baby and, um, let him know that he's not alone and that he has you to, to rely on and, let him know that he can talk to me about anything. You know, like those are the kind of prayers that I had to kind of change around with, with Ethan, because then it made him a lot more vulnerable to where after the prayer was over, then he would start to say, well, it's funny you should say that because today, you know, this person hurt my feelings or, uh, you know, this girl said this, can you believe that? You know? Mm-hmm. And it's like, you hear, you hear the most at night. So right. don't, don't ever think that just because they're 24 and almost 19, <laughs> that they don't still need you because they do. Absolutely. In fact, my 16 year old, his, his time is much different than my 18 year old. No, he's 17. But anyway, we were just playing NES. He is like an old school NES. We were playing right before we hopped on the call. And that's, 
his way of saying, mom, I need to talk like, Hey mom, do you want to play burger time? And I'll say, like, I told myself, no matter when he asks, I have to say yes, because that's my cue of mom. I really need to talk. And, and he does, it's just spews it out. But then there's my 17 year old that nah, he's not going to say anything. And (laughs) so I just go in there and I just sit with him and he'll be like, Hey mom, what are you doing? I just want to hang with you. I text them too. Mm-hmm. I think sometimes you can get a lot of interaction out of texting. And so I use that opportunity. I mean, my kids are both homebodies. They're home on a Friday night. So, like, hey, you want to go to McDonald's? I'm like, of course I want to go to McDonald's. You're 18 years old, home on a Friday night, asking me to go to McDonald's. Right. <laughs> that's the last place I want to go. But if that's where you want to go, let's go to McDonald's, sure. you know. But I will, um, you know, if he's on the bus on the way to a game or something and I'm falling in behind, I'll use that opportunity to be like, oh, yeah, he's probably on his phone. Mm-hmm. And to text him because you do get a lot out of texting too. And you can just reiterate the things that you want him to know or, or that you, you know, you hold value to. Um, and, and so I don't know if that's what you're looking for, but that's what yeah, I know. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. Because you're right. They do, they do want to talk regardless of whether they are, they go ahead and ask you or if they're, you know, they're introverted and you kind of have to squeeze it out of them. <laughs> mm-hmm. Also, here's a little tidbit of advice too. Don't like get too overly excited about the girlfriends or the boyfriends because yeah. you have the ones and you're like, oh my God, I love her so much. But you can't love her <laughs> and her love you more than she loves your kid, you know? Right. <laughs> um, so I've had to kind of let go of the ones that I thought like, Oh, I love this girl. Why? Because she loves me and she's, she wants to have fun and she wants to do all the things, you know, but that girl may not be the girl who loves your kid the most, you know, and the one, you know, the one that does love your kid the most, that's what's most important. I think when you're looking in a life partner is that, you know, your relationship is based on you and, and, you know, God and your circle of each other rather than social media and rather people pleasing and, the, the ideal person or whatever. So just kind of don't get as involved because you get heartbroken too. I cry over these girls that they break, you know, they, they break up and, and they, they've had long-term girlfriends. You know, my boys have not had a lot of girlfriends. So Ethan's last relationship is four years. And I, I don't know who all is going to hear this podcast. So I'm not going to go into a whole bunch of detail, but you know, Austin's first little girlfriend, he's still got a whole big binder of like, all their memories and all that. I mean, they dated for three years and I like, I heart, I heard <laughs> like, yeah. I love these girls, you know, and I still love them. Even though they're not together, I still love their guts and it just makes it hard. So try not to get as attached. My daddy used to say who you, who you dated at 16, you wouldn't have nothing to do with at 28. And I married mine. So I've always been like, <laughs> well, you never know. <laughs> and I love him more today than I loved him then, you know? So it's not forever. Don't get attached to them. You just never know. Yeah. I'm sure Wendy, that's hard for you, right? <laughs> oh, absolutely. But, um, you know, some of the boys that Kennedy has dated and we'll, we'll hit Peyton at the end, but, um, some of the people at Kennedy's date, I'm like, Kennedy, but they're such a good boy. They're Christian. They're awesome. And then she's like, Nope, I prayed about it. God said no. And like, that's the end of it. And like, mom goes to her room and cries and we get it over with. <laughs> and then the next one, I, and, and the next one, I'm like, wow, you know, she was right. You know, this person's a way better suited. And now, it, oh, I don't want to think about that. But, you know, and now we've been with the same person for three years and I love him, but I wouldn't let myself love him for at least a year and a half. So, <laughs> but yes. I'm like, I'm not getting my heart hurt again. You yeah, like it's him so good, hard, you don't like him good. <laughs> I, it yes. is hard. You get very attached. And so I Peyton, my tell. 12-year-old, um, she's been en- engaged. That has air quotes since you can't see them. Um, <laughs> she's been engaged <laughs> since first grade. <laughs> so her, oh. her cute little beau, named Bo. Oh, we <laughs> and, love um, <laughs> I know, isn't he precious? Yeah. But, um, she was his like helper in class um and um because he has a medical condition and so she was his helper in class and he decided that like you know she was with Florence Nightingale she was the nurse that was taking care of him and she must be the best thing in the world so 
he proposed with a ring on a piece of paper. So <laughs> since first grade, we're still engaged. So yeah. oh, how sweet is that? But no, anyway, I... yeah, don't don't get attached. It it, it hurts. Mm-hmm. It hurts. But at the same time, every boy that comes into my house will know that he has loved because absolutely, you know, they may not have that same relationship at home. I you don't know especially yeah. in the early stages. You don't know what their home life is like. Mm-hmm. So if they come in my house, they're treated as if they are our children, you know. Mm-hmm. So And even when they leave. Still love them. Yes, even when they even leave. Even when they leave, know? still love them. Yeah. Even if they were jerks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, even if they were jerks. You may be the only Jesus they ever know, you know. Right. right. So you yes, can't ma'am. just throw people away. Yeah. I mean, I used to tell Austin, well, when you get 28 and you decide to get married and have kids and now he'll be 25 this year. And I'm like, you know, grandkids wouldn't be that bad, you know, like, because <laughs> Ethan's on his way out the door and I'm like, what are we going to do? We got a dog and I'm obsessed with her. She's the little girl. She's the only girl we have. And I dress her up like she's my kid. People are like, you're, you just wait for grandbabies because, you know, that's they say that's awesome. You'll have to do a podcast on that once we get grandbabies. So. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Soon, the Lord willing, right? Well, uh-huh. you know, got to get them married off first, but yeah. <laughs> All right, ladies. Well, thank you, thank you, thank you so much for your time and your wisdom and pouring into the Kingdom Mamas audience. I appreciate you. All right, we're gonna end in prayer, if you don't mind. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we just thank you for these children and that they are a gift. They are yours. And we just thank you for the time that you've given us to just raise them up in the way they should go, Lord. And we just pray for these mamas who are launching their children out into this world, that you make your presence known that you are with them, that the Holy Spirit is living inside of them and that their direction is clear and, and obvious, Lord. We like billboard signs, so those are nice too. But Lord, I just thank you for these women. I thank you for Wendy and I thank you for Kelly and I thank you for their children and the light that they bring into our world. Lord, I just... Uh, Again, pray for the seniors that are about to go into this world and and be a light in a very, very dark, dark world. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much. Thank you. Until next time, Kingdom Mamas, have a great week.